You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick on this show today. More trade headlines, which means more volatility. So I, I don't know if, we're, if, if anyone here is in as, any better mood as yesterday because uh, it just seems like this market is impossible to keep track of. So we'll walk through that. We'll walk through the overnight ranges. We'll walk through this PCG mess, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond with a ridiculous move this morning. And exec, a new exec hire. So we'll talk about that. A number of notable ratings to discuss as well. And our guest was Jonathan Corpina, senior managing partner at, at Meridian Equity Partners. He would join us at 835. Uh, Joel, give us some overnight levels if you can here. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the levels. I, I don't know if they mean a damn thing in this market, but uh, your pre-market high comes in at 29.2350. That's a potential target. I'm looking at uh, Wednesday's high. Somehow we got up to 29.3450. I'll use that as your uh, second target on the upside. On the downside, uh, we went red. We went deep in the red here. We went through yesterday's low at uh, 88 and a quarter. Went down to 81.75. So. Um, I'll just use uh, I'll just use that 88.75 as the first target on the downside, being yesterday's low. Uh, crude that's in the green by 38 cents here at 52.97. Uh, you also have gold. Well, gold's in the red here by only 50 cents at 15.12.30. Silver in the red by a couple pennies. Bitcoin down 110. Not much action in uh, in the gold or cryptocurrency markets, but we have some other stuff moving. Uh, Triple D, uh, did you get to observe some of that uh, price action after hours last I night? I observed some of it, but I'll tell you. So this headlines are just getting out of hand. And we don't know which ones to believe, which ones you know, can you believe, which ones don't you believe. Do you believe China? Do you believe the White House? But just to recap, 
So let's go back to Tuesday when the Dow is down, you know, over 300 points because we don't look like we're getting a deal anytime soon. Then we get a headline from Bloomberg yesterday that says, no, we look like we are working towards a deal with China. And we pop 300 points. Then we get a headline from China last night and saying, no, there's no, we're, you know, we're not making any, you know, headway here. That doesn't look like a deal. When we fall 300 equivalent Dow points last night on the futures. Then we get a headline from the White House about some currency, you know, working along with uh, and, and working, trying to work a possible deal. And we rally the whole thing back. I mean, these are all just headlines that are driving price, you know, about China. So down 300, up 300, down 300, up 300, all in the last basically 36 hours. Who do you believe? China's saying no deal. White House is saying deal. I don't know who to believe anymore. It all seems like fake news to me, but the algos are trading on it all and we're getting just whipsawed like crazy on it. It's actually just crazy. It's crazy. Am I going crazy? Because I don't think there's any deal coming anytime soon. And we're going to keep rallying 300 points on the potential deal. And then China's going to say no deal because China wants our markets down because that's going to give them the better chance to get a good deal. Somebody tweeted out last night. I completely agree with that. I mean, the best chance for China to get a deal is for the stock market to crash because the pressure will be on Trump to do something. So they want our markets down so they can get a deal. So they're going to try to drive it down, whether it's true or not, who knows. And obviously Trump wants the markets up. So we don't know to believe him either. So I don't know who to believe. Who do we believe? Is, is it all lies? Spencer, I, I, I'll let you step into that one first. <laughs> what were the head, actual headlines? So I butchered the headlines. Come on, Spencer. It just hit the nail on the head. So, so it's all fake news. Spencer is speechless. Trump's always complaining about fake news. Oh, man. And here we are. Oh, here and we he's, come. I think he's putting out fake news here, too, on these headlines. All right. So the actual What's headline. What's up? The actual headline uh, from last night was that the Chinese delegation will leave on Thursday, not Friday. Because they, be, they weren't making headway. Right. right. So that sounds like no deal. And that's when we collapsed. Right, but that was like three headlines ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's been – because white, because have, you know we can't have the market down. So we got to come out and do something to defend it right away. So then the White House tweets out about 9 o'clock last night – what or not tweet out. They, they, they say, what's their statement? Yeah, that, that they're uh, – A, a talks are resuming today, but also uh, we're going to allow some uh, U.S. companies to sell goods, and uh, I don't have the exact headline in front of me, but it, but it was a good headline. It, it was, so they basically you know, said that everything that China life said life. was wrong. So you, you don't know. There's counter-opinions. China's saying no deal, and White House is saying potential deal. I don't know who do you believe. Uh, I mean, I kind of side. I think it's a little. I, I don't think there's a deal happening. That's just my own opinion. I don't think there's any deal happening anytime soon. And everybody who keeps buying these markets on the hopes of a potential deal is punished. Yesterday, everybody who bought the market, which we said on this show, we said I would not be buying into this market. And I said if you were thinking about selling stocks, it's a good opportunity to do it. So I don't think there's a deal coming. What do happen overnight? We spiled 300 points. Well, you know what? We got it all back. So you get another chance here again today. I don't know where we're going, but I do not think a deal is imminent here. And I think any hopes of a deal, you know, can we keep rallying on hopes of a deal? I guess so. But, and, you know, if the market falls off, it's, it's you know, it's going to be statements from the White House defending it. Well, we saw that last night. So it's all just market manipulation, in my opinion. China trying to manipulate our markets down. White House trying to manipulate them up. It's all just ridiculous. 
Ah. It was ridiculous yesterday before this this whole circus show last night of conflicting headlines. I was I've been thinking a lot about this, right? And I'm like, I'm like, can they like agree on like one thing? Like, let's put one thing out there, okay? Maybe not the most important thing. Maybe not intellectual property. Just like. Why don't we start with one thing and say, okay, we need to get this thing going. We need to agree on one thing. And they can't even agree to agree on one thing. So I, I think it's horrible for the market. I think it's, you know, this Nike, uh, not Nike, this NBA thing is blowing up as well. Apple's, uh, what, they pulled their app to, to track Hong Kong police. I mean, this is turning into the biggest blank storm ever. And I would just like, they're like little kids in the classroom. Okay, Johnny and Jimmy, you know, you're not getting along. Now we need to sit down and figure out one thing that we can get along with. And it doesn't seem like we're even close to sitting down and agreeing on one thing to negotiate on. So that's, I can't yeah. see a deal happening in anytime soon for all the reasons you just cited. And I'm listening to China over there, and I don't think they want to make a deal here. They don't want a bad deal. So they know if the markets fall, they're going to get a better deal. So they're going to keep popping out headlines that there is no deal. So I, I don't know. I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to say. All Nobody. I can tell you is that these headlines continue to really move the market. So it used to be Trump's Twitter account, and we know that he would tweet out something when the market went down trying to prop it back up. Now it's just coming you know, directly from the White House and statements, I guess, last night. I don't know if I can believe any of it. I don't know what I can believe. And that makes it very difficult to make calls and positions because nothing matters. I mean, it doesn't matter what is happening, you know, and you know, it all that matters is these next fake headline that comes out. So, because you can see we moved 300 Dow points and we moved 30 S and P handles. If you want to talk S and P yep. off of every headline that might be completely BS. I've never seen this before. No, the ranges are big, and like people are like, we see lots of ranges, but yeah. they're they're warranted with like fundamental information, not on ridiculous headlines. Deal, no deal, deal, no deal. That was the headlines from the last forty years. It's been deal, no deal, deal, no deal. No, uh, I've got it. Sorry, I've got it wrong. No deal, deal, no deal, deal, and now we're back to where we started. That's kind of the summary of it all. It's all just silly. So what's going to happen tonight? I Me, mean, no deal. When fall thirty here. I mean, I don't know. And this is the, pat, the, the trend is your friend here, and we're at no deal, deal, no deal, deal. So I guess the next headline is going to be no deal. The only saving grace here is that you, I would have to think, if it, if, it, if it makes you feel any better, I would have to think that by the election, or at least by the time the primaries are over and the election really kicks into high gear, then something will be worked out. I would have to assume that if it's not worked out by the time there's an actual Democratic challenger, uh, and we're out of primary season, and, and it's, we're into next year, uh, and, out, and, and it's nothing is resolved by then, I would think that that would be a problem. So I would have to assume that by this time next year that we've got something worked out. That's just what I would think. I don't know if I can take another year of this. Going this well, it's, yeah. and really, if you look at the overall market, it's not just the last couple of days. I mean, how much of these big moves have been on deal, no deal stuff? A lot of them in the last year. I mean, we have just basically that is the headline that has moved everything. You can say, oh, earnings matter or this matters or that matters. And to individual stocks, they do. But to the overall market, what has really mattered is China. It has been the number one story for the last year. 
And every time we get hopes of a deal, we're rallying like crazy. And every time those hopes get dashed, we sell off like crazy. And now we're just getting these headlines on a daily basis. It's getting too many. So then when we whipsaw up 300, down 300, up 300, down 300, up 300, you know, in the last four days or last three days, it, it's very difficult to put weight on anything. Like how do you, you know, you know, do a setup on a technical when, you know, you're getting yeah. another headline that could drive it either way. I mean, everything takes a backseat to these headlines, which aren't even real. Yeah, I think that I think that's the uh, I think that's the best way to put it, and uh, we just do our best here on pre market prep to you know take the news, but trade it, the whipsaws. It, it, I it, mean, it, yeah, there's money being made by fading these moves. We said it yesterday, so if you're fading that move yesterday, you're making money overnight, especially if you're coming down near the lows. Now you're getting whip, you know whipped back up here again. So I just think fade everything. But I think to fade everything overall, though. I think that the it just feels like the fades like you're getting the news and we go down and then we come up and then it just seems like it's getting tougher and tougher to come up. You know what I mean? Like we're getting these pops as a result of the positive things, but it's just like, there's just sellers there waiting. They're just like, okay, I had enough of this. And then. Well, there's a few people saying that for sure. Yep. 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 That's kind of like, wait, I was away from the screens yesterday, so I can't, you know, interpret that price action from yesterday back at it today. And I'm like, whew, scratching my head kind of glad i wasn't in front of it but um what can you say it's crazy crazy market crazy market exactly exactly but uh let's get to let's get to some individual stocks here and i know that um i know triple by is making some headlines today we can go to triple by or or we can go to pcg let's do is it real news or is it fake news spencer no, it's real. Okay. I, I, I don't know. This is real news. The individual company stuff has been real news. It's these macro headlines that have been fake news. But give us – where do you want to go? There's two big ones, PCG and BBBY going yeah. in opposite directions. Well, uh, but, but that's, PCG. All right, yeah. I it's mean, fun. PCG would take longer. So <laughs> it's, it's fun. So there's okay. two things happening right now in PCG. Two okay. simultaneous headlines. One which we knew about is this planned power outage, uh, which they announced a couple of days ago, and they're trying to uh, prevent – uh, I guess the next wildfire. And I, I, I've read that it's not going great. This outage and customers aren't happy, but it, it, the first phase is complete. It's a planned thing. It's happening. That's happening right now. Okay. That's headline number one, planned power outage. Headline number two, there was a, uh, a federal, a judge ruling yesterday, a federal bankruptcy judge made a ruling yesterday that PG&E no longer has the sole right to shape the terms of its reorg. I think that's a, that ruling unused a previous ruling from a couple months ago. So, and, and that's the bigger deal here, that, they, that PG&E no longer has the sole right to shape the terms of their reorganization, opening a path in court for backers of a rival bankruptcy proposal. I'm reading directly from an article now. So that's the bigger headline. Yeah. That, that's the catalyst down this morning. That is why you're getting two firms, at least two firms this morning, City and, PC, uh, and Morgan Stanley out with commentary, uh, because this is, a, this is a real threat now. To the company yeah and that's uh so pcg so uh citigroup says that pcg in their note has a 75 percent chance of going to zero so i don't like those numbers morgan stanley also cited the potential for the equity to go to zero so we have two analysts this morning already commenting saying this could be a zero they also said in the pcg and the citigroup note that there's a 25 percent chance i don't know how they come up with these odds that the stocks goes to 25 that's why they came up with a price target of five for it. So 75% chance you lose all your money, but there's a 25% chance you triple your money. And that's why we're giving a price target of five. So kind of weird, 
But at the same time, that zero is spooking people as well. Stock's down 30% here this morning. I think, I, like for me, and the whole thing with this the whole time, I don't understand why it ever went to 25. Um, but we never got that. We've tried to bring people on to justify it. You know, I always just thought, you know, stocks in bankruptcy, typically they go to zero. Obviously, it was looking like there was going to be something left for the equity holders here. Now it is actually looking like there may not be anything left for the equity holders, and that's why it's starting to come down. I'm not going to give any calls on this thing because when it was 10 or 12 bucks, I thought it was going to zero and went to 25. Exactly. Uh, so now it's seven. So if I, held, if I was able to hold through all that pain, maybe I'd be okay. I mean, truthfully, I was actually saying this one was $25 before I'd actually ever had the fall that it could go to zero. Um, and then it went down to $4 after that. But unbelievable moves here for PCG. I don't know where it's going. Citigroup says that maybe it goes to zero. Morgan says maybe it goes to zero. I say maybe it goes to zero. Maybe it doesn't. It's hard to figure this one out. Yeah, this one's tough. I think this ad maybe can chalk this one up as my all-time worst trade ever, not because I'm long the thing. It's just that I just kept on thinking when it was 20, 22, 23, it's like, why is this stock here? Like, what? Like, where is any kind of value in this I thing? And, and we had Robin on a few we times. We had people Robin. trying to come on and tell us where yeah, the value was because like, me and you never understood it. I mean, yeah. we're, but we're not, you know, bankruptcy lawyers here. Not at all. So we just assume, you know, that the market's right and that there's value here somewhere. Yeah, and it's absolutely wrong here. So uh, I'll just give you the number where we hit on the downside here. We did hit $7 and we've gotten a little bit of a pop. Uh, the low that you had in January uh, was, um, where was that? $4 did you get down to in January? Uh, 507 uh, was that low back in January. So if you're looking for more under $7, there's five. But I mean, turning off the, uh, you know, the, the power for 70,000 people, uh, that can't be a good thing. So, um, you know, if you're trying this on the long side, you know, just if you're trying this on the long side, uh, just be cognizant. Seven even was the pre-market low. So let's jump to the other story of the day, another stock that I do not like, and I've been dogging this since 17, been right on it. Um, obviously, it's come back quite a bit from those lows. It got down to seven. I've never really made any trades on it, but just, you know, I guess paper, paper trading trades. or calling on the show. Um, it's up to 12 here. They're getting an exec from Target, so it's getting life here again. I still think this is, you know, a company that's going to have a long road to turning itself around. So I'm not coming here and buying it at 12, yeah. even though they're getting a target exec. Give us, uh, give us who this exec is. Yeah, Mark Tritton. Uh, he was the was the he was the head buyer. Uh, he was the chief merchant at Target. He is now the president of Bed Bath Beyond. Just get the Target name in there, and they think, okay, well, this guy will turn this thing around. There's a lot of issues with Bed Bath and Beyond. So. You know, yes, it is a nice move here this morning. If I was long this, I'd probably be using the opportunity to lighten up. I don't know if I'm coming in and shorting it. I would maybe wait a day or two to see if it, it starts to give some back. Maybe it starts to give some back right away. But I want to see, it hasn't really shown much weakness here since this news happened last night. So let's wait for it to stop going up and then see, but I still like this stock uh, from the short side better than the long side. Yeah, you got to 12.35 in pre-market trading. You're hanging out at the $12 level, and man, oh, man, it's going to have to prove itself to me because I'm looking at uh, June here, mid-June, and I wouldn't even say a quad of highs, quintuple highs. What's a six-tuplet? Uh, I guess that's what it's called. 
all at this twelve forty, twelve fifty area. It's right so sextable, here. isn't it? Yeah, yes, exactly. So <laughs> you know, show me show me you can go twelve sixty bid with size. Show me you can go twelve eighty. Show me you can go to thirteen even off this news. Uh if not, I think this maybe won't roll over like a pig today. Uh, but if it's not a trading above twelve fifty here, above the first bracket with size. I think some sellers come in in this one and you're going to, and it's not going to be a complete whoosh down either because you know, you have your, your lazy shorts waiting to bring this in at seven fifty eight bucks. And now their mark is totally, you know, messed up. So they're going to try and sell and buy it around and bring up their average price. Uh, but really critical for this to, to take out that pre-market high and not only take it out, but like hold it, hold it for 10, 15 minutes. So we'll see what happens with uh, triple BY. It's a good day. We can squeeze them a little bit here, but the mm -hmm. story here, I believe is still broken on Bed Bath & Beyond. Just my opinion. Stories. I'm staying bearish. Too big of stories. I'm and they got to get rid of their 20% coupons. Well, that's a stat. Like we've oh, said that before. When you got a coupon, the hell you get when you got to keep on the hell out of your customers to have companies come in uh, or to have customers come in, I mean, it, it's a difficult gig. What, what is driving is what Buy Apple is saying here. There's a 50% float if or that's short. Yep. So, I mean, when half the float is short, that's going to squeeze them. A headline like this with the target exec coming in is going to squeeze them. Can it continue to squeeze them? It could for a bit. So, you know, that's the consideration here. That's why I'm not coming in and shorting right now because I think those shorts are eventually right. I just don't know if they're going to get squeezed a little bit more before that they, before that. All oh, right, continuing on our merry way of, of news, we have one major earnings report here. This is like the lightest earnings week ever. It's, it's, it's going to kickstart next week, though, so I'm get ready go for ahead it. But... Say, you know how we used to say Alcoa starts earnings season? I'm going to go is ahead it and Delta? Say, I'm going to go ahead and say it's Delta now. Delta is yep, now it is. They're even before the news. So Delta Airlines, I'm calling it the unofficial start of the Q3 earnings season this morning. Uh, their Q3 adjusted EPS, they beat the estimate at $2.32 versus a 2.26 estimate. The uh, total operating sales, I don't know how comparable that is, but if it is, they missed by a hair, 12.56 versus $12.6 billion. Q4 EPS guidance was light. Uh, they gave a range of a buck 20 to a buck 50. Estimate was at a buck 51. So light on that Q4 EPS guidance. Otherwise, the report was okay. Stock getting ahead here. I mean, the guidance wasn't great. Dollar twenty to dollar fifty. I saw an analyst assessments at dollar fifty one. That looks light to me. So I'm not surprised it's getting hit. Stock has been in the doghouse. So I mean, it was a, a case where if they said anything okay, the stock was probably going to rally. But they just said nothing okay, really, in my opinion. I mean, the earnings were okay, but the guidance is not great. So I'm not surprised this is I'm down two bucks here. What it does at that low 5181 on October 3rd, that's the key number for me. Takes that out, it could be going to 50. Uh, if it can hold that 5181, it's got the potential to bounce. That's the number, and you're right there right now, 5201. I'd have to give it a little bit more room there, Triple D, because I see three monthly lows uh, stocking got 5140, and this is from April, May, and June. So I see that 5181 low, but uh, if it does take that out, I mean, you had buyers for three months in a row at 5140. Uh, so that's what I would, if I was trying to get a little bit more out of a short, that's the area. I'm pretty sure, I don't know for sure, it should bounce that first time, at least if it gets to that area. Um, if they can't press it under 50, 52, can't take out the 5181, uh, then we might get a little bit of a rally. And you've had a couple strange pops up in the 53 handle, but are those just like odd lots or FINRA trades or 
people just being a little bit wild because I see it went to pops to 52, 53, 62, the last bracket. But it's all about finding support in this. I one think those are Delta. just off exchange uh, trades. Yeah. Yep, it's all about this uh, 5140 area, Delta Airlines. That's what I'm looking at today. So now we can go to ratings day. And we could spend the rest of the show on ratings because there is a ton of them here today. And there's t analyst commentary, like we said, on PCG. We got a couple price target cuts at Netflix here again. Um, story still uh, got a lot of issues there, in my opinion. Netflix now looks like it's ready to roll. Or maybe just start there. Start with Netflix. Netflix. Because this chart does not look good to me. And you're getting a couple price target cuts, one from the big dog, Goldman Sachs, another one from UBS. Well, I there's mean, also a third. I, I credit a third Suisse. one. Yeah, no, well, Credit Suisse, I think, is maintaining their, their 460 price target or somewhere in that neck of the woods. But the two cuts this morning on Netflix are Goldman Sachs cutting their price target uh, to 360 from 420 and UBS cutting theirs from uh, to 370 from also from 420. But I believe Credit Suisse is maintaining theirs in the mid 400. So take that for for you know what it is. This little recent rally looks like a selling opportunity to me. It's starting to roll over here. The stock chart is in a clear downtrend. A competition is coming, and I keep putting on my Netflix and I can't find anything to watch on it. So I you know obviously they have some good shows, but I think the content is not you know I'm scared when everybody starts pulling their content off there. So, which is going to happen. You know, you're going to get Disney pulling. Obviously, they, they already said they're going to pull all their content still on there. You're going to get Comcast pulling their content off there once they have a streaming service. I mean, Apple's coming for them. The competition is coming here. The valuation is still nosebleed. I'm still sticking to it. I think Netflix is eventually under $200. I've been saying that since 300 Well, this is what we're going to know. We're going to know in six months. We're going to know, well, maybe less, maybe like four months. We're going to know if people actually left Netflix, if, if they lose subscribers, that's what we will know in four months. Did they leave? Did or they... if they just stop growing. I mean, it's, it's not even a matter of they don't need to lose. For the, the shorts to win in this case, they don't need no. to stop, you know, necessarily lose. They just need to slow down the growth because this is a growth story. The stock still has it. I mean, what's the PE? You know, do they even make money? I mean, they should. Yeah, let's find out. They make make a little bit, and maybe they can make a little bit more if they aren't, you know, so focused on the contents you know, well, side yeah. of it. But so, so the, the trailing PE is one hundred five. One hundred, one hundred P. So if that growth shows just a little bit, that's when it starts to come down, and that's what we've been seeing already. So that's when it goes from three eighty down to two sixty. The growth store, the growth is slowing here, and when growth stocks start to slow with their growth, they get whacked hard. And the value guys are sitting there at fifty bucks and saying. You know, um, you know, that's where, you know, value guys aren't buying Netflix. So if the gross guys aren't buying it and the value guys aren't <laughs> buying it. That is a recipe for the stock to get hit. So you got to get the growth back in order for the growth guys to come back in. Maybe they have another quarter that comes in and the growth starts to pick up again. Then you'll have a story going again. But as of right now, I'm worried about the growth. So it doesn't necessarily have to lose subscribers. They just need to slow the growth. And we keep seeing slowing growth. You're going to see the stock price go down. Keep this, in I, mind. I, Keep this in mind, six days from now, Wednesday, after the close, earnings. Is that when they report? Yep. <laughs> it's an important, important quarter for it. Because even if they do beat, and even if they know it pops on that, the overhead supply issue is already here too. I mean, look at those tops at 300. It is like going to be a little rock of Gibraltar up there. So, you know, can it pop on the earnings? Yeah, maybe. But again, we know competition is coming too. So even if it pops on earnings, do profit takers come in and say, okay, this is my opportunity to get out? I think they do. 
So I think even if it pops on earnings, I don't know if it holds. If it sells off on earnings, I think it does hold. I mean, if they disappoint, the thing could be 230 or 220 in a heartbeat. So I, I don't know. I, I think that maybe they beat. I think the earnings is okay. I think I'd be selling the pop if it does, though. I just wonder when these they come down with these price targets like this, is it okay, well, that all-time high is already in and it's going down, or I'm going to get a shot to sell it at 340 I mean, it just, you know, like it this, like what good does that do? I'm lowering my target yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, that, that I think out of all that, you know, I, when someone comes out with a buy, a strong buy, and the stock's on support, or there's momentum, a good earnings report, but these, I mean, why don't you just say nothing if you're instead of you're going to bring it down from 440 to 340 I Those are chasing price. Yep. Their price target's completely out to lunch now. And they want to come in and not look like idiots. So we're going to lower our price target, and you know, and then we'll lower it again if the stock continues to go down. We'll just continue chasing the price. Lemmings. Uh, boy, we're just in chipper mood. Today. Yeah, we're in a chipper mood. But that's you know what we see from a lot. When the analyst makes a bold call, I have a lot more respect for them, even if they're wrong. You know, like Michael Pactor makes bold calls and sticks with them. He's been bearish Netflix forever. He says, "I've been wrong. I've been wrong." Well, you know what? He's starting to be right. I mean, obviously, it was way too early on the call, and that's why he was wrong. So his timing was off. I mean, but, you know, he, at least he sticks with it. He's not just chasing price. And we see three out of four analysts that feel like they just look at the stock price, and they're like, oh, I'm way out to lunch. I better, you know, do something here. I better lower my price target so it looks more in line. I mean, that's just, you know, ridiculous. So make a bold call and stick with it. If your thesis changed, downgrade the stock then and say, I was wrong. I'm downgrading the stock now. And, you know, and the NetApp analyst here, let's go to Goldman Sachs because they are making a bold call. And I have respect for an analyst like this because they're going from buy to sell here on, uh, on NetApp this morning. I yep. believe that I'm right. Forget, Am I not, Spencer? Forget neutral. Skip neutral. We're going right from buy down to sell. Well, that's impressive. You know what? I have respect for them because they're going to say, hey, we've been wrong here and we're downgrading it now. That's more respectful as opposed to just lowering your price target and remaining a buy on it. So I respect the analyst that has the guts to say, okay, we've been wrong. Let's turn around and sell. I'm, I respect that. As a trader, I respect that. I'm wrong lots of times. Analysts, it's okay to be wrong out there if there's any listener to the show. It's okay to be wrong. Just admit when you're wrong and you know, change your story. That's all. Don't just you know, keep chasing the price down, you know, lowering your price target, keeping the buy on it because there's people out there listening to you and you know, it's impacting them as well. So it's okay to be wrong. And I very much respect this analyst call here. I respect them when they go to buy to sell. So what, what's the story here anyways on NetApp? So what was the, do you have the? Uh, yeah, downgraded buy to sell, price target cut uh, to 45 from 61. Let's see if I have anything from the note here. Uh, don't see any quotes or anything from the note. I'm, I'm very respectful. They expect, okay, so, and I'm trying to grab it here too. It's Rod Hall from Goldman. And he goes from buy to sell, expects large enterprise spending to worsen due to ongoing trade economic uncertainty, expects the company fundamentals to worsen, and says proprietary indices indicate spending worsen through September. So I respect that, going from buy to sell. Uh, Don't you, Joel? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Trading DF. Props, I mean, props to this analyst for making a bold call. Yep, it's trading down on a, a little bit of, you know, not a ton of volume, but it is trading down that has to be respected. Quiet couple days uh, ahead of this news. So let's just uh, go to your dailies here. You're under 50 bucks. And since we've been under 50 bucks, uh, 
we uh, we had a low at 48.17. Uh, we haven't hit that yet. And then underneath that, it opens up to 46.70. So there's a couple potential areas of support here in NTAP. And to fill the gap from yesterday, if you get any kind of, you know, nice bounce, well, it's going to take a while. 50.91 was the low from yesterday. So I even think sellers probably be lining up at 50 bucks. And uh, the low of the move, if you're real bearish, you want to hold out for that. Uh, you had a low at uh, 44.55 just back in August, on August 14th. Uh, Goldman coming out firing here this morning. Yep. Netflix, Netflix, NetApp, also HPQ, catching a downgrade to sell from neutral price target cut uh, 14 from 18 there. Uh, I guess we'll do, let's do HPQ. Uh, you know, I've been wrong on this one. I'll admit I'm wrong. I bought it. I, I should have sold it. I sold half. I should have sold it all. Um, I bought on the earnings dip down in the low 17s. Couldn't have bought it better. Watched it go to 19 to hang out for a bit. Got nervous eventually and sold half because it wasn't going through 19. And then they come out and obviously do this restructuring stuff and the stock gets whacked. So um, I still, you know, I still think there's a play here from the 3D uh, printing perspective here. But right now the story is broken. So I don't see any reason to add to my long. Under $16, under the low of the move. You had the low of the move just a couple days ago at sixteen twenty-eight. Also, yesterday's low right in that area. So let's, uh, if you get a pop to scratch there, or not, yeah, sixteen forty was the close. I'd say your resistance, firm resistance at uh, sixteen thirty now, hanging out at the lows of the pre-market session, uh, hanging out, not not getting absolutely killed off. It, it's pretty tight here. 1590 has been the pre-market low. Uh, when were we under $16 last time? We haven't been under 16 uh, since February of 2017. I don't think we'll go down to 1584, but uh, let's see if we can get back over 16, hold 16. Uh, resistance easier to identify uh, than support. 1630, good resistance area. Uh, and let's do one more. Well, Cisco. We didn't talk Cisco. Right, right, right. I was gonna I'm do still that. long this. 46 is critical for it to hold. It's starting to look broken here as well. Yeah, um, head down. and shoulder. It doesn't look good on the down chart. I'm talking against my books. I have it long in my long-term invest portfolio, but it doesn't look good. Down to neutral this morning from Goldman Sachs. Price are cut to 48 uh, from 56. Uh, Pre-market low, uh, 45.80, and that coincides nicely uh, with the low that you had a few days ago at uh, at 45.70. So that's what needs to hold, 45.70. Let's call it 45.75 uh, for a chance to rally here. Boy, and boy, someone was really working a piece. I'm just seeing this afterwards, but uh, it hit 50, and then, man, someone really wanted out at 50. They stepped down under 50, and... Uh, here you have the reason, trading under $47. All right, 8.34, let's take a break for the day and grab our guest, Jonathan Corpina, Senior Managing Partner at Meridian Equity Partners. We'll be right back in a moment here with Jonathan. All right, welcome back, everyone. Pre-market prep, Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, joining now with Jonathan Corpina, as I mentioned, Senior Managing Partner at Marine Equity Partners. Jonathan, good morning. Gentlemen, good morning. Nice to talk to you. All right, we're not in a great mood this morning just because we're having a hard time navigating this, you know, these, these headlines and this volatility. So what is, what is the mood down where you are on the floor? 
<laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we're hoping for a new cat to be out there in the market, but it, it just seems like we're in this, you know, groundhog day of every day watching the headlines and having U.S.-China headlines really dictating our markets. There's, you know, other data that's out there. There's other information that's out there. There's other market-moving points that are out there. It just seems like the market has completely ignored everything else and is solely focusing on what is going to be the next headline coming out in relation to U.S.-China negotiations. So we know there's a a meeting that's going to occur soon. What comes out of that? How much information? Does it get us anywhere closer to some sort of finish line? Um, I think that's what everyone's really looking for. But as we've seen in the past, every time that we think we're getting close to something, both sides go the opposite direction and completely um, you know take this whole thing off course. So so for now, I think fingers are crossed. But we should really see. Uh, we're waiting to anxiously see what's going to come out of this meeting. People down there are. are I mean, are they, are they getting frustrated by by this? I mean, this this over reliance, these 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 moves on on every headline, these contradictory headlines, these contradictory. Are, are they getting frustrated? Yeah, no. It's, there's definitely a frustration there because. Um, you know the 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 algorithms that read these headlines that that automatically put buy signals or sell signals into the marketplace you know somewhat falsely move this market right i mean if there's a headline that's out there that says you know china wants to come to some sort of resolution sooner than later the systems kick in they read those headlines and they all try to beat up against each other and try to get one in front of each other and next thing you know the market moves 250 points for no real reason only over a headline that was there. So it, it does get frustrating that we're seeing these market moves that are um, that are artificial or inflated for, for no reason. There, we are in no different a position now than we were three months ago, six months ago, nine months ago in this U.S.-China negotiation. So that that's the frustration level that's there. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Joel, Joel you got a question. What's up? Uh, for the institutions here, um, you know, they, they, they're not making moves based on these kind of headlines and stuff. And I'm just, you know, both on the buy side and the sell side. I mean, are your orders getting kind of thin here as people try and figure things out and that's creating the voids in the markets or are they just sitting around the edges? You know, I, I think there, you know, the frustration from the from the buy side is, is out there too, right? Because, um, you know, there's there's clearly money that wants to come into this market, and there's moves that want to occur, um, but everyone is being forced to wait it out and, and forced to being patient. And I think that's not really the strategy for many of the for many of the funds that are out there. I think that what we want to do, what they would want to see, is, is clearly much more, um, you know fundamental activity in our market and fundamental direction in our market as opposed to carry to market swings that are caused by headlines because when the market goes up 250 points we know that in two days from now there's going to be another headline that's going to move it down 250 points so that's that frustration level that we hear from clients that they want to do something they, they want to participate they want to be they want to be in this market but the market is so focused and so fragile on top headlines uh, on U.S.-China, you know, tariff negotiations that they're being forced to wait until there is um, 
just a little bit more information, some more transparency as to are we really getting closer or are we really getting further apart? Hopefully, and we, we've, we've asked for this and hoped for this in the past, but when these meetings occur, we need to have some sort of joint statement that comes out that both sides are on the same page. Not really looking for a timeline because I think that would be asking for way too much, um, but just the, just the fact that both parties are working together to try to get some sort of resolution, we would we would very much welcome that. The buy side clients I talked to would welcome that. But for right now, this market can uh, you know, this, this market can move higher, a thousand points higher or a thousand points lower on any headline. What about this IPO market here? Uh, you know, you've had some real duds here. I would say going over, you know, um, your history with the Wall Street and pricing these IPOs here. Have you ever seen such a disconnect from where the street is placing the value on these things, where they're coming out trading, and then the the price action afterwards? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, looking back at the IPO market um, from what we've seen before in the past, coming into 2019, there was a, a really strong calendar um, that, that, that was coming in with some really, really solid names. And it seems like the first half of the year um, pretty much went as planned as, as far as the IPO market is concerned. But what's happened is that we've seen some of these IPOs that come up with incredible valuations that are way too exuberant. And once we've had one or two of those, couple that with, um, with the tension in the market, we've seen some, some real significant pressure in the IPO space. And what happens there is two things. One is from the participation side of the investor side, they're clearly very worried um, that some of the valuations are, are way too high. They're also worried that the investment banks may, might not be doing their job and be able to make these better and support these better. And then the other side of that is if you're a public company, uh, a company thinking of going in public in, you know, in, the, in the middle of 2019, um, you, you've treaded the waters very, very carefully. And now that we've seen a few of these IPOs trade the way that they have and see the pressure on them that we've seen, pulling the plug on that and canceling your IPO for 2019, it seems like that's going to be the, the smart move for these uh, these smaller companies that are on the calendar, right? I mean, you know, we're, we're almost, you know, we're 10 days into October, and next thing you know, we're going to be through November to get to Thanksgiving, you know, that, that end of the year. So I would think then – from what I'm hearing, you know, throughout the industry, is that any company thought that they were going to come public in, in the 1980, the ones that had delayed um, have have definitely shelved them for 2020. All right, Jonathan Corpina, senior management partner, Marine Equity Partners. Jonathan, thanks for the time, as always. Great, thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. Good day, guys. All right, 8.42 here, guys. What's happening out there? Anything? Uh, triple BY, a little bit of a fade here. Now trading up a buck 86 at 11.80. So once you, you're distancing yourself from the pre-market high, as we speak, so I'm looking for sellers here, maybe start ganging up at 12. PCG uh, continues to weather down 341 at 7.00. 57 and don't look now but uh delta airlines has cracked at 5181 level trading under 52 dollars let's see what the pre-market low is here on the last bracket 5160 to pre-market low in delta airlines
TLT is collapsing here right now. We are now down a dollar thirty-two, so that is significant, obviously, for the financials, which have all turned to the green since uh, the TLT started going down. So if you're trading your banks, expect your banks to show a lot of relative strength here, at least this morning, because TLT has continued to fall. It was down earlier, but it's continuing to fall here right now. Um, so you're going to see some separation there, and obviously, you know, your utilities and stuffs tend to follow your TLT where your banks go in the opposite direction. So well, banks least, all green. Yeah, at least with the uh, the trade war going, we're not talking about the inverted yield curve. So that's one that's one positive, right? And recession when we're we're focusing uh, things away. But uh, S and P's tried to rally here. Uh, it's down only two seventy five now, twenty nine sixteen seventy five. Keep an eye on that close at 29.19. Uh, get above there, hold that. It's going to have a green session, but that's what I'm. My early focus this year, uh, 29.19. All right, Pfizer, 85,000 to buy. That's significant. Nike, 40,000 to buy. That's significant. Um, looking at Johnson and Johnson with 49,000 to sell. I'm talking the opening balances. That's significant as well. Uh, there's not that much else. So J&J is straight down. Uh, what, what is your thoughts of J&J? I mean, we did not rally yesterday. We kind of just hung out. We're leaking here again. Do we challenge that 126? I think so. I think so. I think this uh, opiate thing is still in the news. I know they've had settlements and stuff, but I just think a lot of overhang here. So I just it's come down to this area, what, 126.59, 126.34. I don't see having to rush out and buy that thing. Maybe be a little bit more patient, shaping up there on the monthlies. Uh, maybe get a little pre-earnings run. I don't know when uh, they're due to report here, but... Um, I don't know. It just seems like the move just since it hit that 140, 144 area, uh, big institutional selling. I don't know if there's a sign yet they're coming back into this issue. Johnson Johnson is the 15th before the bell. So they're always pretty, pretty early. Sure. Okay. Next week. Yep. Next week. And that next week is when it really gets going. So uh, let's go to U.S. Steel. They came out with some guidance at like 830. Uh, Do they come out with guidance every day? Yeah. What, what, <laughs> Did they come out with guidance last week? Um, do they have guidance last week? I feel like we just talked to you still, at least some yeah, we did. or something. Oh, a couple weeks. Well, what smacked it? What smacked it yesterday? Bell Buck yesterday. That's 10% move. Was there a headline there that you was don't a driver? Need a you don't need that in uh, US Steel for it to go down. So we go down through 10, we trigger the stops, now we're back up over it again. So that's your line in the sand, is 993. Um, if you know, maybe it was just a uh, let's hit the stops trade, knock it down through 10 and see, you know, if we can rally it from there. Could happen. Starts taking up 993. I don't want any part of it. So if I'm buying it here this morning, which I am not, if I was though, I'd be leaning on that 993 low. Well, you don't like that they're adjusting net loss for the for the Q3 is better than the uh, the estimate. 20. They're going to lose 20 to 26 cents uh, for the quarter versus a 33 cent loss estimate. You don't like that? Yay, yay. Oh. So they're going right. to lose as much money. Wow, lose as much money. Stock's popping. It's up 2.5%. We won't argue with that. I'm just saying, if I was playing it from the long side, I'd you know, lean on that 9.93. I don't want to see this give it back. Maybe it continues to rally, but this is, if we talk dogs and we talk like stocks that are in favor and stocks are not in favor. It's like, this is like the eternal dog for the last two years. Like, if you know, you look up a dog's dictionary and, you know, under stocks, you, see, you have a picture of U.S. Steel. Stocks went from $45 to 10 it has been an absolute dog. It's had a few little rallies in there. I mean, we've had some nice little rallies. I can look back, you know, 
uh, when it got down to 17 back in December and rallied up to 25. But the trend, the Jeff Mackey purple crown is still very much intact. Hard to get bullish as long as that trend is still holding. Um, so I don't know what it does today. I just know the stock, I don't believe that is turning it around anytime soon. Uh, I have to agree. I mean, if you're looking, to, uh, if you want to play a little closer to the belt from the long side, I'd you know keep an eye on that close from yesterday, and uh, that close from yesterday came in at what ten oh nine, I believe. So that's uh, a little bit of support. Actually, that ten oh nine, that's the lowest close uh, that it's had since uh, January, February two thousand sixteen. Uh, let's go back to the ratings here because yeah. sure. outside of Goldman, there was a number of other notable calls. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where to go in particular. We have Match Oppenheimer outperformed this morning, MTCH, mm-hmm. uh, Skywalk Solutions, SWKS, Upper Cowan to outperform. Those are both notable. Apple also upgraded a longbow today. Yeah, so Apple wanna... upgraded to buy a longbow Tuesday. I mean, we haven't talked to Apple for a couple of days here. It is trading up, obviously, 77 cents with the upgrade here. This is a stock that is very much close to, I mean, it just made an all-time high. Or no, it didn't. Sorry. Nope. We, nope. we got up to 233 back uh, in 2018, but it made a new high on the year. So unbelievable. You know, 230 is a big line in the sand there for Apple. What can it do at 230? But you want to talk about stocks that have been good you know the exact opposite of u.s steel and a tape that has not been great apple has been a great one having in my long-term portfolio very happy that i do and uh just for you all you that were worried the uh, lakers nets game is underway in china so i don't know if that's uh <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think anyone here was worried about that uh, well it's just uh with everything that's going on here so we'll see uh we'll see if they they actually can complete the game uh, Apple's been, I mean, if you're looking for like, say, Hey, you know, if you're looking like Apple's doing good, employ, so goes Apple, so goes the market, then, then you're happy here. It's trading up 78 cents at 227.81. Still trying to figure out, uh, my iWatch, but I'm getting there. Uh, 228.31. Oh, that was your high here in pre-market trading. That was a little over an hour ago. Uh, your recent high, though, if you want a different target on that, Dennis mentioned that 230, 229.93. That was your high on Monday. So there's another target for you on the upside. Dennis uh, did mention the all time high. All time high comes in at 233.47. There are so many ratings today, Dennis. Which did you think? There is good? like, this has got to be one of the biggest ratings days I've seen in a long time. I mean, Kroger getting downgraded at Jeffries. UNH catching a downgrade at Jefferies. We're just kind of going through the highlights here. Um, FCX catches an upgrade at UBS. You got a, a bunch of energy stocks uh, with a note it looks like at Mizuho. I'm just you know flying Which through the in the pro stocks? here too. Like I'm going through the pro, there looks like 50 of them. Yeah, well, so, more than 50. Uh, maybe let's look at well, let's look at SWKS. I mentioned Upper Cowan sure. we outperformed this morning. I haven't looked at that chart in a while. Yeah. Kind of consolidation station. It looks like it wants to break out. This could be like a Roku type, you know, where we needed something to give a kickstart. Roku got the kickstart yesterday with an upgrade. SWKS can kickstart there today. 85, you know, Joel might look at that high from, you know, the 12th and say 84.34. I just round it up to 85 and say, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're kind of resistive up there. So maybe you got another buck here. But I can, you know, see, you know, it's a nice little base and starting to move up here. 
again, with all so many macro headlines, it's hard to like chase moves. It's hard to buy something up two, three percent because a bad headline comes out of China. It doesn't even matter that your stock chart looks good. Stock's going to go down because the market's down. So it's a tricky, tricky market to trade. Yep, a couple highs to keep an eye on. Uh, 83.11, Dennis mentioned your 13th high, uh, September 13th. And then uh, above that, 84.35. So trading at the highs of the uh, of the pre-market session. I'm surprised to say with the way Apple's been moving, I'm kind of surprised that, uh, you know, this hasn't moved up more. So I'm not shorting this, uh, this one. It's had a little bit of a run-up, not, not much like the Apple, but... Um, Nice room to go. Let's see if you can get into that uh, that September twelfth high at eighty four thirty five. Uh, yeah, going through the rest of the ratings here. I mean, we kind of covered most of them, but let's pull up this chart of Kroger here. Kroger downgrades in neutral hold this morning at Jefferies, along with UNH. Hmm. Oh, hard to go Kroger in here. I'm just looking. I guess you're out of, you know, you've, you've come up a little bit. You've had a pretty good couple of months coming back. And, you know, but again, it's still just an overall downtrend here. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to get on and say, yeah, but you know, on Kroger, um, you know, maybe on the pullback here, it's getting downgraded. Uh, I think I'm kind of with the analyst here. I, I, I like this. this. I, I think it's, I, I'm, that's how torn I am. I can't even. I'm, I'm, you can't no, even no have an opinion here. on it. No trade here. I, I uh, want to go. I wanted to say, oh yeah, maybe you can buy the dip on something like this because a fifty percent retracement from twenty one to twenty six and a half. But it's Kroger, so that's why I'm not. Yeah, uh, cover. They're covering this stock. They have it in the red. Taking out um, yesterday's low at twenty four twenty eight. So. I guess we're right there. I mean, if you get back over yesterday's low, a couple other lows in that area, I uh, got a chance to rally. I'd use the close as resistance. I don't know why it had this big old range one day. It had a, a high of 23, a low of 23.84 and a high of 26.77. I think there was some kind of rumor on that day that it was being bought out. But uh, overall, ugly downtrend. Uh, that 50% area you could figure out too is Dennis. I mean, there's not even really any double bottoms or anything to lean on this chart. So uh, hands off on let's go Krogering as well. All right, guys. Uh, thoughts on Roku here? Roku. Yep. Showing some life. It's up again here today. I mean, this is this is just a breakout. All it took was an analyst to get a kick started. I wanted it to be a bigger analyst, but it didn't matter. It just needed an upgrade. It got it. You're into an area where you went down through quickly and go up through yep. quickly here too. I mean, I see easily room to 120, which is another couple points, but I see room really to 127. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'd be a buyer pullbacks on Roku here now. Um, you know, and obviously um, as on paper trades, I've you know liked it since I, I set up a trade for you guys, you know, seven days ago on the show when it was 101. Yep. So that I said I'd be leaning on the lows, and I thought there was upside here. So here it goes. I wish I would have put that trade on. I did not, though. Uh, Dennis is referring to that high on September 20th at 127.41. Uh, you got the high in the pre-market. We'll use that as our first target, 119.35. I've been watching this thing, and it, you know it's had a run, but it's not like the run of old. You know, it's not like that prior run with the overhead supply. Uh, you know, goes up. It's up two, three bucks on the day. Then it's down. You know, a lot of volatility here. Uh, but overall, I mean, you got to like it. It's off the lows, moving up. Next daily high, 127.41. And uh, if you're really bullish, what you went from uh, 
what one wow this thing was at 176 and you went all the way down to 99 let's call it 170 75 point move 30 i mean a 50 percent takes you back to 135 137 area if you're waiting for a big old target there in roku all right five minutes left in our guys anything else on your radar today for either, either of you as um I'm just kind of trying to figure these markets out here. Alex, big oh. guy tweeter is asking about uh, UPS here, pulling back. Do I like it? I don't know. I, I see... look at the destruction that's happened to FedEx and I don't want to touch UPS yeah. just yeah. because FedEx has been absolutely annihilated. And I mean, it has, you know, down from where the high, like look at where the all time high now in FedEx is 270. It's 139. I mean, UPS is very close to the same business, and you're talking about a stock that is only, you know, the high is 135, and it's 113, 114. I mean, if it does anything with FedEx, it could be a lot of downside here, so I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like the gap underneath here. They've managed to hold up. Let's see if I... They managed if, to hold up. We'll give them that. Yep. Uh, someone's right. a, Go ahead, Spence. You lead now, the way here. I, I want to do Costco here. Okay. This is... Uh, did they have they have a number come out? Didn't they have a number come out? Yeah, like last week their number came out. Didn't really. No, move. I thought they had the same store sales number just a couple of days, like last oh, oh, last I night. Forgot about that. Um, yeah. Let me go look. I think yes. there was a number. Yes. yes, they did. I was thinking of earnings. Last they, night they did. They had yep, September they did. sales come out, which were up five point six percent year over year, and comps were up four percent. The stock just performs. E-commerce sales up seventeen over year. The stock is just unbelievable. I mean, every pullback has been a buying opportunity on Costco forever. Um, you go in those stores, they're just swamped. I mean, think about, think about, you know, long-term investing and you think about, you know, stocks like Bed Bath and Beyond and stocks like Costco. Do you want to own the stocks where everybody, it's a mob scene in there? Or do you want to go and own the stocks where they got a discount like crazy to get you even come to the store? Think about that when you're doing your long-term investing. If you're thinking about that a year ago, you'd be short Best Buy or, or you'd be short Bed Bath and Beyond and long Costco and you'd be making a lot of money. Sometimes investing is that simple. Go to where the crowd is. The crowd is still at Costco. I don't see it changing anytime soon. I know the valuation is extreme. Probably why I don't own it in my long-term portfolio, but I sure wish I did. Uh, I'll just look at this close here that you had on uh, September 8, 299. And then the old-time closing high of 303.76. I mean, you could find your other daily highs in there. Uh, 307.34 was your all-time high. But since we were so far away from that, I'll just focus on those closes, 299 and 303.76, you know, subscription model. And I mean, how could you, you know, with what's going on in China, I don't, I mean, obviously Costco is still doing business in China. So um, that's, if they're just getting going over there, uh, start opening a lot of stores in China, this can start making a lot more money here for Costco. They're just busy. They're awesome stores. They need more of food. Everywhere you go, you can't go. Like, you're, like, trying to figure out how do you go to Costco, and, like, you can't find a parking spot. Is it like that where you are, too, Joel? Like, you can't find a parking spot half the time. Uh, well, I just park in the back. You know, yeah, well, eventually you do, but you can't get near. I mean, and, and literally the one in Windsor, sometimes there's no parking spots. Like, they need a bigger parking lot, and it's a big parking lot. There's a lot of people. Like, you can't even move in those stores. 
All right, S&P's holding up, uh, down only 225 now. I see some stocks uh, popping up here in uh, in the green. So looks like we're showing some life here in you this session You know what's interesting, so just from an imbalance standpoint, I got 154000 to buy in HPQ here this morning. Keep an eye on that because sometimes those buy imbalance will give you a chance to put uh, th those could give you a chance to get in a, or get out at a good price. I mean, if that stock was to open up on a down Goldman Sachs downgrade, that would be crazy. I don't think that's going to happen. I imagine I have one institution that says you got them. But as of right now, somebody wants to buy Hewlett Packer on this open. All right. I did notice uh, Costco continued, or it's not triple BY fading under 12, kind of hanging in there. Uh, Delta did just missed my level. I got the 5161 trying to get back into the 52 handle. Uh, for the S&Ps, I'm looking at the close of 29.19. I can use that as the first target on the downside or on the upside. On the downside, I just have, to, I mean, 28.8175. I mean, get a big negative headline. Uh, we'll get down there. I guess maybe the best thing for the market to do with all this news of deal, no deals, just maybe just to have a nothing day, just kind of just like hang in there, maybe lose a little, gain a little bit and, uh, you know, and not have a big meltdown. But uh, that, that's my take. That's my take on the markets today. I mean, you know, we are coming back from, uh, you know, buy, you know, sell Russia, Shana, buy Yom Kippur, uh, just not in the 100% buying mood this morning. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. All right, that'll be it for our show. I want to remind you all, you can paper trade against me and other people at Benzinga for the chance to win. What stocks are you paper trading? What are you looking at? Mr. <laughs> Israel. We can get, we, you, can you, really you get my picks. You get Joel's yeah, picks yeah. all the time on this show. I've only I want a Spencer Israel pick I've here right one, now. I've only made one trade so far. I, I, I bought some AT&T. That was the only trade I've made. I can, oh, when did you buy it? Just bought it? Did oh, you get the it. dividend? I bought it like four. So, you need the dividend too, though. Okay, yeah, I know. Uh, okay. You gotta buy the hey, wild well, stocks to win those contests. You I'm working play. on it. I'm working. Yeah, you buy the yeah. you buy all the stocks that are two cents because they go to five cents and you yeah. win. Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on. Oh, I don't know how to do these. All right, <laughs> I got to get in there too. I'm gonna buy all penny stocks. Yeah, and then you can if you're great and you you win, you win to test them all three or forty thousand dollars towards your student loans. I told I test drove. I I, I did that. I drove right. a Model Three performance. Awesome, Just real bro. quick, Tesla's looking pretty good. I mean, it it's held it up again down. from the bend that bad news look at you the know what like the bears the bears the bears have been <laughs> roaring about this for five years and saying it's a zero it's still 245 so you know yeah there was a, we had somebody on the show i don't remember who it was and it goes under 180 and it's going to zero i mean who was that i can't remember but we've had some people very bearish this you know we know we've had mark Yusko and he says it's a zero we've had you know some people on the show saying it's a zero it's still holding up pretty well guys Jason Rasnick, you know, you're still doing pretty good with this Tesla because for as many people who think it's a zero, stock sure isn't going down. All right. Uh, let's download the Weeble app to join that competition. It resets every Monday, so you can join today or tomorrow or, uh, for Monday's uh, contest. Catch our podcast wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. Questions, comments, concerns, email us, premarket at benzinga.com. And please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. That's it. Everyone have a great day. We'll be back with you on Friday.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.